The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Well, this feels like a damn fine way to come out of a hiatus. Anthony Davis is a Laker. And the Hoopball Lakers podcast is back. It's back at Hoopball Lakers on Twitter. You got that? At Hoopball Lakers. We waited until something big happened, I guess. The voices were overwhelming. Dan Vespers and Aaron Bruski here on a pivotal day in Lakerland. Uh, Brew, what a time! What a time to be a basketball fan. Screw you, off season. Hey man, I ain't gonna complain. This has been the funnest basketball month that I've had in a long time. It's it's really rekindled my love for the game. Uh, we just got off an amazing finals, uh, amazing game six. You know, storylines after storylines after storylines after storylines. Here we are. You know, like what did we get one day off. Um, yeah, fasc- I mean, fascinating. And and this is, you know, Anthony Davis of the Lakers has just been a story for a while. So, and they they just gave up the farm for him and here we are you know relaunching even, even though i won't be a part of this uh, no. at least as far as i know <laughs> no. um, we're, we're relaunching the lakers pod that that to me alone is worth news that's right that's the biggest news the second biggest news is that anthony davis is a member of the lakers the official new host will actually be on the next episode of the hoop ball lakers podcast which is dropping uh, in about six to twelve hours from right now, so we're we're firing off back to back episodes. Um, if you've been following all of us on Twitter, you basically have figured out already who's hosting uh, the Hoopball Lakers show. And you know, bro, I don't think that we can call it ball in, ball out anymore because Lonzo Ball is officially out. It's ball out exclusively now. He's a pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you guys know my thoughts on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you interpreted it in a, in a much dirtier fashion than it was intended. It was a play on blood in, no, blood no, no, out. No, 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 no. I just didn't like it. I, I, <laughs> that's pretty funny, though. I actually hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. we. So the story goes, this is a shout out to my guys, Eli and Eric. We took a Spanish class together. I think it was ninth grade Spanish, where for some reason, for an entire week, we watched Blood In, Blood Out in Spanish class. Five days in a row split up into five, uh, like, 35 minutes. It's a really long movie, by the way. It's, it's a modern epic uh, featuring the uh, the exploits of Damien Chapa in East Los Angeles. And, of course, that movie's called uh, Bound by Honor, Blood In, Blood Out. Sangre por Sangre is the, uh, the official name of the film. And we thought, all right, well, you know what? We shared this weird high school memory together. Ball in, ball out. Lonzo Ball, and now he's a member of the Pelicans. Anthony Davis is a member of the Lakers. Um, I mean, I, I, Brew, I almost don't even know where to begin on this whole thing. There's, there's the fantasy ramifications. There's just the story behind it. So I guess we might as well just go chronologically and start at the trade deadline when Dell Demps and Magic Johnson basically had this same trade on the table without the fourth pick overall involved, and it didn't happen. Uh, wh- why is it a trade now but not then? A couple. I think this Boston Celtics Kyrie Irving split mm-hmm. is is the real big thing here. Uh, it, you know, 
once Boston, I think, realized that he was not the guy for them, I think they, they're really looking at that core of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and say, we can't split that up. You know, we got to really take what we have here. And uh, that just, I think it took that offer off the table. Uh, KD injury, Clay Thompson injury. I, I mean, that changes the landscape of the NBA. You know, KD's probably, you know, and I, I don't have any, any news or info on this, probably going to opt in, it sounds like. Um, surely he's going to get plenty of offers to not do that. Um, you know, there's a lot of dominoes to fall, you know, over there in Golden State. And, you know, with Draymond Green signing with Clutch and the way that they sort of lost and the way that, you know, Draymond, um, you know, I don't think they want to pay him. That's just a general hunch. Um, if he was going to be the third piece here, you know, that might make some sense. Um, but it, but as far as why not then, I think New Orleans really was just in a pickle. You know, you, you got new owner uh, Gail Benson who really – you know, just has taken this team and put her stamp on it and sort of like really new owner, new owner slash side. old owner slash new owner. Right. Because the, <laughs> the Benson family, but her husband passed away. Isn't that how that ended up? And she was like, ah, oh, crap, I got to run this thing now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the impression that I got as well. Um, but at the same time, you know, she's kind of come in with not an iron fist, but basically said, hey, you know, this isn't the only thing we do. You know, we, we do work within the NFL and, you know, we don't put up with a lot of crap there. And the way this trade went down, you know, at the trade deadline, I think they just basically said, screw this. We're not doing this deal right now. And and it kind of feels like to me that maybe the Lakers had to pay a little bit of an asshole tax here. So, um, well, they always were going to have to do that. This is that we're this is the Lakers we're talking about. And as as the Laker fan and someone who grew up with this team, everybody sort of knows there's a Lakers tax that goes into the NBA. There's no doubt about it. Well, it, I think they're, I mean, just judging by the fact that this four pick had to go in there um, and, and judging by the fact that they had to pay what they paid, knowing these other teams were backing off, in my opinion, you know, backing off a bit. It didn't seem like there was a logical Anthony Davis landing place anywhere a few weeks ago. And so that they come in with this and, and I'm, I don't know where you stand. We haven't even talked about this, but yeah, I just think this is a huge <laughs> offer. Like, I just think that they, they put a lot in the middle there. So like in order to, uh, you know, in order to get this deal done, it sounds like they put it, put their chips in the middle and, and they're almost uh, dealing from a position of weakness because you have LeBron there. And if you don't make a move, you know, after picking up LeBron, I mean, that's going to leave a, a mark on your franchise in some way, shape or form. And so that my immediate take on this is, wow, what did they pay? My God, that's a lot. Um, but I get it from a gambling perspective. If you have to do something to make LeBron James happy, you got to go for, you know, the gusto right now. I mean, I get it, but whew, there's so many ways this can go bad for them. <laughs> I love it. I am completely on the other side of the fence, and that's what makes for good radio. I love that they just sent it all. And I, I get it, fine. They kept Kyle Kuzma, which is great. He's ingratiated himself to L.A. He's not the best player in that group. I'm a Lonzo Ball guy, actually, out of all those dudes. I know everybody else is a Brandon Ingram guy. I'm a, I'm a hard Lonzo Ball guy. I think he's going to be awesome, and he would have been a fantastic fit next to LeBron. But in terms of what I think this actually does for the Lakers is, number one, it gets you an Anthony Davis who's hitting his prime and likely to be there now for a half decade. So you create this this kind of extended window where you've got AD, you've got LeBron who probably now opts into the last year of his four-year deal. So it's three more of LeBron instead of two. 
It's AD with this with one year here and then the extension. And in my estimation, this trade by bringing in AD likely guarantees the Lakers sign one other big free agent. So it's almost like you got two superstars in this trade as opposed to what the offseason, frankly, they were staring down the barrel of maybe not getting any of the big names again. It might have been the, you know, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee one-year return flight situation. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on the note that it didn't really seem like anybody else was bidding because once Kyrie said he was leaving Boston, Danny Ainge was like, nah, I'm out. Not going not gonna to trade everybody for Anthony Davis because that just basically is going to leave us right where we were. KD being out means the Knicks probably weren't going to do anything this year for AD because they would have wanted him with Kevin Durant. So New York kind of took themselves out. Nets were sort of taking themselves out. So it was kind of Lakers and dark horses. But if you're the Lakers, you just got to do it. If it's on the table, you take it, even if it's a ton of money, because now you're probably going to have three superstars to start the year. That's incredible. I mean, this is a really simple deal when you when you look at it. Is they bet the house? Yep, and you it. should. I mean, you should, but I, I'm not personally sold that Anthony Davis, LeBron, and who's the third? I, I mean, we're gonna say Draymond, Kemba. I think it's Kemba. Okay. Um, they need a shooter. Is there any way they can get both? I, I'm not up to speed on the cap. I don't believe. I think all. it would have to be. Uh, so here's the here's the other thing. I've been following Bobby Marks on Twitter. So we're not the the authorities on, on salary cap. Bobby Marks 42 is his Twitter handle. He's outstanding. Uh, he breaks it all down. Uh, is he affiliate? Is he with ESPN right now? I think he's with ESPN. And he's fantastic at letting everybody know what's going on with salary caps. The Lakers have these weird things they can do now uh, where either AD waves his trade kicker, which is a 15% bonus, uh, and that saves the Lakers $4 million in salary cap space, or they wait 30 days. I don't fully understand what that part means, but if they wait 30 days, uh, then I think the number four pick becomes a $7 million pick instead of zero, and so that now helps the salaries match and sends more money away to kind of give the Lakers an extra uh, 4 or $5 million in salary cap room. Basically, it's the difference between the Lakers having $28 million and about $33 million in salary cap space after the trade is executed. With $28 million, they're not going to get the top two or three guys. Um, I mean, unless somebody takes a little bit of a discount. With 33 they basically can go for anybody besides, I would say, Kevin Durant, I think. So... Uh, it's. I'd say there's a pretty good likelihood the Lakers end up with LeBron, AD, and one other guy like either a Kemba or a Jimmy Butler or something of that. I, I would think Kemba feels like the right fit, right? They're going to need a point guard because Lonzo's gone. They're going to need someone who can shoot around LeBron, someone who can create some offense at a guard position when LeBron's not on the floor. He feels like a fantastic fit and a guy that's been that's been floating in basketball purgatory for half a decade. He could get a max contract and go play to win a championship for four years in a row. Yeah, and in L.A. So basically what we've uncovered here is they can't get both, right? Both Draymond and Kemba. Well, Draymond, I think, right. is uh, is, he's, is he a fully unrestricted right now? I feel like that's next year, no? I may be off uh, on that one. You don't have to check, out, check into that. Um, <laughs> as the playoffs <laughs> go, we focus on the X's and O's, and that is just about it. Um, I'm going to check that out as I we go I think it's here. next year for Dre. Yeah, I mean... It kind of feels like that as well. But, yeah, I mean, you're the Warriors. You're not competing next year. Do you want to pay him the money that he's going to need 
in order to do that. I, I, I don't think I don't think you do. And it is 2020. Just look that up. I, 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 so are you going to get something for Draymond Green, which I think you probably get a little, well, not from the Lakers. No, they, <laughs> they got, got nothing, yeah, they got nothing they left got to trade. Left, <laughs> you got nothing but, left to trade. All right. So I guess the I, I'm, what I'm trying to do in my head is see if there's a path to a championship here for these guys. I say yes. It, I, I say yes in the sense that, look, probably a handful of teams have a chance this year. You know, it, mm-hmm. the, the ceiling's not as high as it's been in the past. But I'm down on Anthony Davis as far as just kind of where, where the public thinks he's at and, and where would I rank him amongst NBA players today, you know? And, and I don't think it's top five. So, um, you know, and maybe maybe he slides in because of KD injury or, or I don't know. But his defense is so overrated now. And maybe he can crank it up in a playoff setting and, you know, and show something different. But really, he's just heavier. You know, it's like NBA basketball players go through a certain trajectory. They're really light and bouncy in the first three to five years. Then, especially if you're a big man, you start putting on muscle and 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 really even enjoying the fact that you can pu- you know push through and play through guys. Now, you know that's great for him on the offensive end. Defensively, I mean, he's a guy that I wouldn't say he's an elite pick and roll defender. You know, I, I think he's certainly elite. You know, low end elite on, on rim protection. Um, he gets a lot of steals just because he's you know so big and lengthy. So he definitely has that going for him, but he's not the all world defensive player that people kind of, I think in their head, they see this is a guy who's a two way player like Kawhi Leonard. And I just don't think he's that offensively. Yeah. He's, he's got, you know, everything there. Uh, the only question mark, of course, can he be assertive in the way that, that a team's going to need him to be assertive? And then how does he play with LeBron James? LeBron is <laughs> speaking of overrated in terms of his basketball IQ, you know, he gets all these kudos. He sees the game, you know, five million chess moves ahead. But I don't see it that way. You know, I see a guy that kind of, um, you know, needs the specific guys around him and can't really morph to the games of other players. And I see a lot of questionable um, decision making with shot selection and, and the like. And then seeing him this last year now. He might have an off season where he gets extremely in shape. You know, maybe he took a mulligan on this last year and maybe he comes back and it's just something, you know, because he's a freak of nature, you're like, okay, you came back. It was sort of like a Draymond green in the regular season versus the playoffs type of a deal. It's like, okay, you do have that extra gear, but LeBron's inability to create shots, you know, really showed up on film this year because, because he can't beat guys anymore. You know, he can steamroll. He's got a lot of different things that he can do that are that are really legit and very high end. So he's not, you know, washed or anything like that. You're really like, Brew, you're really ingratiating yourself to the Hoop Ball Lakers. You know, for a guy that dribbles a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're winning winning over fans by the to, by the second here. Brew's winning over Hoop Ball Lakers fans by the moment. I know, I know, and I didn't even hear what you said because the internet cut out there. So I'll just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wall so much, and he demands tempo. It, it's it's his tempo, right? It's LeBron James's tempo. So when he brings in other players around him, you know, is an Anthony Davis who you're kind of like, hey, could you please go do more? 
you know, could, could you take the ball to the rack? Could you initiate more offense? You know, we'll take as much as you're going to give us Anthony Davis, because you're seven feet tall and can shoot and dribble and, you know, shoot your free throws. And there's really no downside to that. But, you know, if LeBron's just sitting there pounding the air out of the basketball and can't beat his guy consistently, you know, there's a fit thing there. So you do, if you bring in Kemba Walker, you're absolutely right. That is the best possible you know, type of a fit is somebody who can shoot and handle the ball. But now again, how are you going to do that with LeBron and Kemba as far as playmaking goes? So fit, when you looked at the Toronto Raptors and what they did just now, everything fits so perfectly. You had a guy that was pretty ball dominant in Kawhi Leonard, a guy that's not ball dominant at all in, in Kyle Lowry, a guy that's ball dominant in Pascal Siakam that can actually beat you repeatedly over and over and over again. And you surrounded those guys with, you know, the right amount of, um, you know, passive offensive players, but guys that could play defense, shoot threes. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's a actual team building thing that they did in Toronto. This to me feels thrown together and I'm just having a hard time seeing them, you know, and, and, and granted the Warriors are not there, you know, and they won't be there next year. Um, you know, like, could they beat a Toronto team? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about so that to either. Me, betting, betting the house for seven years or whatever it is, I don't know that the story on these pick swaps and the first-round picks, and granted, those first-round <laughs> picks with this team probably become bottom 30 you know, picks yeah. in the first round, but I, I, I don't like the gamble. I love the gamble. I love that we disagree on this. This is so much fun for me because when we're when Brew and I are doing fantasy stuff, we almost never disagree on fantasy ramifications for things. So reality side, it's kind of cool to have two to me at least to have two different sides of this. As as a again a, a born and raised Laker fan, I I love every second of it because they were staring down the barrel of LeBron, who, as you said, and I agree with you. Uh, he is slower than he was four years ago. There's no denying that he's, he's not a plus defender anymore. No. Could he be, though? I don't know. I mean, this really looked like a year he was coasting hard. But you know what? He, here's the thing. He coasted in the finals against the Warriors. He he coasted, you know, practically, you know, the three seasons before that in many ways as well. You know, so like I almost it's almost hard to be like, OK, you're not you're not going to coast anymore. Or or is it this? You just lost a step and you can't do it anymore. That's and, a possibility. It's a possibility, and Kuzma's not going to plug that hole. Uh, you know what worries me, actually? I almost love everything about this because offensively this team's going to be an, an unbelievable juggernaut once they kind of figure out how to play with one another, which I would put on, I'd call it December December 10th, they're going to figure out how to play with one another, somewhere around that. <laughs> the take that I am most afraid of is that all of these guys are just going to bring in like their guys, which you know is going to happen. This is what scares me because I love the Kemba, LeBron, Kuz, AD starting point. And I'd love it if they would like sign an Anthony Caruso, the great Caruso to be the backup point guard on that team because he fights, man. He plays defense. He'd actually be a good fit in that mix. I'm petrified that Rajon Rondo's coming back on a veteran's minimum. I am petrified that Boogie's coming in on some insanely low contract because AD doesn't want to bang with big centers. I wouldn't centers. worry about the boogie one if I were you. You think he's going to go get yeah, more I'll money? Footnote, I'll footnote that. I think he learned a lot these playoffs, and I think he kind of got humbled. And I think um, as, far, as far as like a teammate goes, he's actually a really good teammate. He's not good with the media. He's not good with you know people he has beef with. He, um, 
you know, but but it's kind of stops there. Everybody, everybody loves that guy. And it's because he's a genuinely good dude. So, um, you know, getting him to come off the bench, you know, and play 25 minutes. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. I just don't want, you can't add more kind of lumbering oxes to the starting unit on that team. It's got to be AD no, as the starter. I don't box. think he's a, and I don't think he's a great fit either. Um, but and I was what just about to Ron? For, you know, since uh, you know, it's it's there's there's just one guy trashing him. So <laughs> <laughs> I just try to stick up for Boogie Man. But Rajon Rondo, I mean, you want you want to get written off my list of basketball analysts that I actually trust? Like, just say that Rajon Rondo is good at basketball. Yeah, this is a bad. I think uh, I got a bad feeling that he's coming in and. Uh, that's a lot of rough stuff on the, well, the defensive side in particular is just a disaster. I guess I could see this magical universe where Rondo plays, like you said, maybe like 18 to 20 minutes off the bench just to get AD looks in a, like a weird second unit when LeBron's not out there, but that better not last against anybody else's starting front, uh, backcourt. Cause he'll just get roasted every single time. Um, but the fact that that is now my fear as a Lakers fan brew is a marvelous place to be in because my my great fear like a month ago was that it was going to be another season of watching Lance Stevenson, and now my fear is, oh man, are they going to sign Rajon Rondo and play him slightly too many minutes on a team of magical superstars coming together like golden unicorns in the forest? <laughs> here's, here's the thing that you guys really got to watch out for is shooting. You just need shooting everywhere yeah like that's why kemba is such a great target let's just assume you get kemba right because that's that makes a lot of sense doesn't it make a ton of sense sense. yeah yeah it does i mean uh, we're we're ways away from figuring that out but like that makes sense okay let's say you got that and and i the funny thing about kuzma is i think his game travels i think you could drop him on any team and he will just do his thing and he might be the most effective (laughs) Of the bunch. Yeah, I know. Which... Well, he's got to get the shot back. I don't know what happened this last year. It seems like he's going to be wide open every single freaking time down the floor. Well, he's going to have to, you know, iron out the wrinkles in the shot. I, that basketball environment, I'm sorry. That's just not a good one. And I was thinking about that before the show. Is just sort of like how, you know, thinking about Brandon Ingram was what I was thinking about. Is I watched that guy play some just horrendous, terrible basketball all season long. And why was he allowed to operate that way? Was that uh, was that a Luke Walton thing? Was that a management so invested in this guy and we're trying to showcase him thing? Um, can they clean that up? Um, you know, because that's going to be – it'll be big for a guy like Kuzma. You know, if he's in a good basketball environment, then I think he could get his consistency back. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they need shooters. That's the mm-hmm. – the, I mean – if LeBron's got the ball, his his game plan always is basically, you know, get ahead of steam unless he's taking that step back, which is really, really just not that effective of a shot at the end of the day. Um, get ahead of steam and kick it out, drive and kick. And, um, you know, if you don't have shooters, things get bogged down really quick for him. Um, so I don't know how I don't know who's going to be the top of the list for those guys. There's probably going to be a ton of affordable shooters out there. <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, this is going to be a team. With them. Well, it's going to be a team where all these old fart shooters are going to want to go now. This that's another side effect of this is that's not a spot where people wanted to go last year when it was LeBron and a bunch of young guys. Now it's going to be one of those. And here's the other thing that I think I'm so positive about. This is one of this is like the key thing for me that makes me feel good. 
okay, maybe they don't win a championship. I think they're going to be competitive in that regard over this stretch. And yeah, LeBron is getting older. Uh, AD and Kemba are both still young. If that's who it ends up being, then... I don't, and- be- I don't believe in Anthony Davis's young age. That's what it boils down to. Somebody <laughs> you- tweeted that at me. Said he's 26. I'm like, no way, that dude's 36 now. <laughs> you-, you think it's like the... Uh, what's his What's his nuts on the Kings? Why am I thought was a thon maker is the last age related scandal? Uh, why am I not? But he healed, right? He ended up being a year older than everybody thought. Who was it? Buddy healed. You just say yeah. Buddy healed. Buddy healed was, I, was like twenty six instead of twenty four. Something you know, like that. I never really put on, and this is probably a great time to segue into our other announcement that we have um, that we might not make, but um, you know about another <laughs> podcast that may or may not be starting. Um. I didn't put on my investigatory hat and, and really try to figure out if Buddy was 26 or not. But <laughs> Anthony Davis, he's, he's, it's like he's got Tibbs minutes on him or something. He's been banged up for four straight, five straight, six straight years. And yeah, he's been on the floor pretty, pretty well the last couple of years. Um, but the way he runs, he looks like an old man. I'm like not an old man, but like he's just got that gait of somebody that's been through a lot. And with the you know the block rates aren't so great, and you know the just the, the lateral movement. I, I don't think you're talking about a guy that's going to be climbing up. You know his trajectory, I think, is going down. So um, I think he has. Um inflammatory bowel disease i've made that i've made that (laughs) i've planted my flag in that and his trips to the locker room mid-game is because they have not figured out how to deal with his gastrointestinal issues and they'll uh lebron will get him in touch with his guys you know his like one million a year folks that that continues in la the going to the locker room every half it can't every every half yeah it can't it's it's not like i mean you see him and he does look like he takes a hit or something you know, it's like he gets bumped a certain way or, you know. I think, it's his, I think it's his belly. I think he's got a tummy ache. I'm I'm serious. I really don't think that it's like the ankle every time. I think he's – Paul Pierce finally admitted – you saw that footage, I'm sure. Paul Pierce admitting that his wheelchair incident was because he had crapped himself. Is that what it was? Yes. Like, I think it was actual, you know, he, sharding. He actually pooped his pants and he didn't want to get up and walk to the locker room because everyone would have seen it. That's what it was. All the, I think AD's got poopy issues and I think – I think the Lakers are going to solve it. I also think, by the way, to your point that he he was moving slowly last year. I don't think he cared last year. You, know, like, you should look into that that one drug that they're advertising with the girl who's in the band, but she can't be out on stage. That's right. She's got poop all the time. <laughs> I think that's Yumira, right? Isn't that the that's, sort of you know that marketing's really working on us? Uh, <laughs> but that band, what are they even playing? Nobody would listen to their music. No. They just, don't sell it. No, well but she enough. was so happy after she had after she didn't have to stop mid set to go take a dump. She was so happy at that point. <laughs> like, I think the concert porta potties are so dirty. <laughs> it's fine. She went to the trailer. Everything is everything's <laughs> fine here, Brew. They got the Humira. She should just wear adult diapers and get it over with. She didn't need to pollute her body with Humira. That's true. Where the where the diapers were doing by the way, it depends. We're looking for sponsors here at, at Hootball Lakers. <laughs> If you want, if you want nothing, to... nothing goes with coffee like to. Oh, there we go. We're not even gonna. We're not even gonna bring that one up. Uh, Glenn, don't kill us. <laughs> you. This is on you this time. Last time it was my fault. This one's on you. Uh, okay. Can you can you at least admit to me that there is a decent probability AD was uh, half-assing it this year and that he had way more in the tank than he showed? That's very possible. Um, but still, like. 
even in playoff scenarios, I just didn't think, you know. He was so good against Portland, though. He was amazing that series two years ago. I, yeah, but you know what? It's still, you. It, it's cool that he was good. I And you can say that objectively, he was good. But, like, you, I don't know, man. You watch enough basketball. It's like it takes 10 seconds, I think, to look at a basketball play and then be like, okay, this guy's got this quickness. He's got this strength. He's got this elevation. He's got this touch. I mean, it, you go down the list of attributes, and to me, it's just that quick. And so while he's playing extremely well, you can still see, you know, he's not recovering on this pick and roll the way he did when he was really, really good. And, you know, so this sort of – player we've never seen before even you can't um, shake you can't shake my optimism brew hard as you may try i'm gonna i'm gonna bring you over to the dark side here uh okay so let, let me ask you this question then is anybody that the lakers sent to new orleans gonna be even in the same stratosphere as anthony davis in their career could any of those guys get anywhere near his level no I mean, I don't. And this so, to me, it's a was win. Supposed to be this weekend was supposed to be film on draft prospects. <laughs> Good luck with that, you turd. <laughs> That's what it was supposed to be. It was film on draft prospects. It was a great, nice weekend. You know, not a lot going on here, and uh, then all of this hits. Of course, um, you know, Ingram's the only one, obviously. I think with the potential, and but I mean, if we are pivoting to the New Orleans side of the deal, holy moly, what a turn for this franchise. David Griffin is just a an absolute get for them. I mean, getting a good GM almost is more of a reflection of ownership because the ownership really, you know, as a general manager, you're looking at that and yeah, there's only 30 jobs, but you're going, why would I sign up to work with you? You know, are you talking to work with Sarver? You're talking about, Oh, I thought, I didn't know if you were going wizards or sons on that analysis. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) Or would I just go hometown King? No, (laughs) don't do it. It's no, no, no. I mean, Obviously, like you're looking at this franchise and thinking, you know, new owner, Gail Benson, what has she got? You know, they weren't, they weren't, I don't know if they were known for being all that great in New Orleans on the football side. It's been a while since I covered football, Um, but it's just a mess, you know, on the surface, there's this Anthony Davis trade. And it's like, I think about halfway through that, whatever that chapter of the saga was, you started to see like, okay, you know she's got good backbone and then also uh del demps is no longer there and i've thought demps has been just terrible for them you know since he's got the gig and they sort of clean house and they bring in david griffin you get the son's trainer and just sort of a, a, a you know a building of this team over there they get the number one pick they get zion my god and and now they're, they're turning around and you're adding Two players who I don't think the basketball situation has been all that great over there. So whether, you know, it's Lonzo Ball, we'll talk about him in a second, but let's geek out a little bit about Brandon Ingram. This guy's arms are so freaking long. So what it means is, like, if you watch Pascal Siakam in these finals, you know, he has that kind of an ability where he theoretically can beat you to any spot he wants to get to, you know, with those long arms. Now, I don't know that he can finish like Siakam. He doesn't have the jumper that Siakam has. In fact, by the way, if we're talking about Siakam, I don't really have a ceiling for that dude. I think he's, you know, I'll probably kick him out of the top five. But, you know, after that, I don't want to say anything like that because I think he's so special like that. Um, Ingram's got that same profile, though, where, the, the arms, the legs, theoretically, if he gets a little bit more strength, a little bit more quickness, better handle, um, but mostly a better mind for the game. And that's the big question mark here is how is that all going to come together in New Orleans? But 
when you look at what they've got, oh my God, like, and you throw Lonzo Ball into the mix as a distributor, if he's healthy, and I got concerns over that. Uh, both, I, I really unfortunately, he, both of know, them, by the way, just to jump in. Once he gets out of LA, breaking with that, you know, carnival huckster that was running his camp, you know, that that's huge. Um, growing up, you know, just having, having more experience and then getting to a place where he, he's probably more valued than I think he was in LA. Cause I think people were pretty much over him in LA, which is not me. Uh, that's all those a shame. things come together. That's a huge and, shame. And I, I love Lonzo. Is, lo- is is really poised to, to take a step forward. So what does Brandon Ingram do within that is the question. I loved Lonzo. I loved him. I, I just, I, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely not in the camp of folks that were over Lonzo Ball. I think he was going to be the best of that bunch. I liked him more than Brandon Ingram defensively. I mean, he had all of those, he had everything but the shot. He couldn't finish around the rim and he couldn't shoot the three-pointer. Those are things that guys learn over the years. Well, he, he could pass. shoot a free throw. Yeah, that's also a little bit weird. That, that's, that's between well, the ears. That well, that points to the the situation. I think in L.A., like obviously, come on, Magic wasn't running a great organization. (laughs) (laughs) Polinka is not running a great organization right now. Jeannie, she ain't running a great organization right now. Yeah, you know. So I mean, Mm. free throw shooting is mental, and the kinds of three point shots he was taking were were not good. And it's you know, Brandon Ingram. I mean, holy moly, was he bad. Yeah, I mean, you watched him a lot brutal. more than I did, but like I, I probably watched him like a good 20, 25 times and was like, whoa. Yeah, he, everything that he did didn't fit with what the team was trying to do, which was a shame. And I think I put a lot of that on the coaches, actually. So, you know, you go to an offensive guru situation under Alvin Gentry. We'll see if they figure out a way to use, utilize him a little bit better because when he was the guy initiating and getting some people involved, there were stretches where he looked a lot better but for the most part, when he wasn't the alpha number one ball handling numero uno guy, he struggled mightily. But let me add, Brew, by the way, I, you know, I'm elated as a Laker fan to get AD. I think this is an unbelievable win for the franchise. I also really like what the Pelicans got. I think this is the rare win-win trade because the Pels had to get stuff and they got a lot of interesting to good to maybe even great stuff uh, to help well, them the sort of... Pick. Yeah, they got they got also they got the four. They got Lonzo. They got Bi. They got Josh Hart, who I think is a pretty good play uh, ball player. Uh, they got future first, who might not be that great, but you never know. They they still have Drew. Uh, I feel like, like everybody got Randall. what they wanted. Every, yeah, they, they were just assembling I mean, the old Lakers on that team. I, well, and that's the crazy thing is like when I'm thinking of a comp in the NBA for Zion, I'm like, oh, this guy's just like really really good, Julius Randle. <laughs> it's like Julius Randle. Do you remember Thor two, The Dark World? I do. Where those where the bad guys like squished up a magic power pill in their hands and just got bigger and stronger. That I think is what it's like Julius Randle smushed the power pill and then you got Zion. Well, oh by the way, you have a guy in Drew Holiday who I mean awesome. he might not have been jumping off the page last year because of whatever, you know. People weren't paying attention. So good. So what, good. What a crap show it was. Uh see that's me not swearing, Dan. Thank you. And um I don't care. You just, yeah. <laughs> ah, screw it. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Uh, well, hell, well, nobody's listening anyway, money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, uh, the, the thing has worked out for the Pelicans in such a great way. I mean, they could take the four pick and they could bundle it, you know, and maybe try to get a, a, a piece that's, you know, a veteran piece that's sort of a deal a team doesn't really want, you know, um, 
they got just a lot of angles and uh they got a guy in David Griffin. I really think that he gets it. Like, I think, you know, it's really cool listening to him on NBA TV over the last year. You know, you really get to know, like, how good is somebody at, at the basketball analysis side of this stuff? And, I mean, he was just nailing evaluation after evaluation after evaluation. And now he's got chess pieces to work with. Um, so I, I think it's exciting for both teams. Um, yep. You know, I, I don't like the gamble for the Lakers. But, um it definitely it fits their build. They gotta win now. You, you're not climbing much higher than AD on the free agency scale. You 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 probably got to take that deal down. Um, and I think maybe it does come back to an asshole tax. You know, to have to throw in that four pick. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> I don't care. I just don't. I'm so excited. I don't even care because if any of this stuff. And okay, so. I, there's a there's chatter about maybe it being Jimmy Butler as the third guy. That scares me a little bit more because he's got so much mileage on the tires. That That's a little bit more nerve-wracking. I, I prefer the uh, younger guys. And we'll have to wait. We may have to wait a little bit to find out how this thing goes down. If the, if the trade gets executed later uh, so that the Lakers have more cap space, that might change who they get. And uh, and we will obviously talk about all of that, but for right now, I think Brew, we could we probably ought to put a pin in it, right? I mean, this is an instant reaction pod. There's I have all sorts of fantasy thoughts, but I'm going to save those for another day. Here's one thing I will say: This is a Lakers podcast. We have nothing but uh, intense hatred for all things Boston Celtics. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I'm actually really excited about their fantasy prospects next year. I'm, I'm going to have to save that for a show where I won't get killed for saying it. I'm going to be drafting all sorts of Boston yeah, Celtics. you know who's on the show right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're supposed to keep that under wraps. <laughs> yeah, that's no. yeah, fine. We got... Uh, that'll be the... That'll be the uh, Listen, well, so can, I didn't draft opinion in it by offering a, a suggestion to the Lakers that there's no way it can happen. Can sure. they add Landry Shamit to this team? <laughs> that would be a nice young outside shooter. I mean, I, I'm just thinking for them. I mean, when you said Butler, I was like, you know, I get it with Kemba. He's, he's definitely better, um, better for this team overall. Um, who knows what Jimmy Butler will cost at this point in time. But, uh, he's a low usage shooter. Yeah. And, and it just, it feels like when you put together these super teams, usage is just the elephant in the room. Guys don't play as well when they don't get as many shots, their value gets slashed. They got to have value on the defensive end. You know, it's kind of like fantasy drafting. You know, you can overload in a category and, and it's not worth anything anymore. And you can overload on usage guys and, then you've cut their value proposition to you, and it's another, you know, what they, what they produce in relation to what you're paying them. It's, you know, it's a, an equation that's been tough to solve. The Warriors solved it, um, primarily because they're just so damn good. It didn't matter. The Lakers so, need to, the Lakers need to go to like a stats aggregator page and try to find the guys that average one and a half to two and a half three pointers a game with a field goal percent above forty six. That's like that's that's the only players they need to be looking at right now to fill. I don't know yeah. who those guys are. There's not, uh, there are not a ton of them, and most of them are signed. Uh, I feel like guys like Etwan Moore, who's still on contract, and obviously he would have been in the trade if that was going to work. Uh, Joe Harris is the type of guy they should be looking at. Well, but like, do, bro, old farts Reggie are going to be Bullock. coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, the Reggie Bullock, oh, yeah. who they can, I think, resign. <laughs> right? I mean, 
I've been telling Kings fans that they need to be looking at Reggie Bullet, you know, as an option regardless. Um, it sounds like Detroit is interested in him again. <laughs> bring, so, bring him back. Maybe Wayne Ellington will come to L.A. Well, you know, he's getting discussed like this mini mid-le- mid-level guy. I mean, it, it's funny how soft the market got on him. And it, part of it is because he didn't play well in L.A. You know, he wasn't playing. He wasn't, sh- you know, he was shooting lights out, yeah. but he wasn't playing, you know, into the headlines or anything in Detroit. So I don't think a lot of people realize how good he is. Um, hmm. But yeah, you know, you, you need those guys just like you described. Well, we shall see. Free agency doesn't officially start for 15 days. Holy hell. This is the reintroduction of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. What a day. We'll have episode two of this reintroduction coming up in just a few hours. Uh, Aaron Bruski, thanks, my good man. Thank you, sir. It's been nice talking with you. Yeah, it's nice to disagree on something every once in a while. It's a little bit more fun. We we uh, we see eye to eye far too often. That's just boring. The important thing, Dan, is that you just know that my take is the right take. <laughs> Would you say that we all grew and cried a little bit? I've, I messed up the quote. I think <laughs> we all learned a big lesson. Yeah, hey, that tweet. That tweet is still alive. I haven't had to take it down yet. <laughs> I won't mention it, so it doesn't have to come down. He's Aaron Bruski. I'm Dan Basperis. Hoopball Lakers is back. Anthony Davis is in LA. Hollywood AD. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you in less than a day. Goodbye. <laughs> This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.